Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. We have today on this episode what we might call a double barrel edition uh, for our listeners. Uh, frequent uh, guest of the show, listeners on the show will be familiar with, with some of the periodic migration updates that we bring to you where we connect with our state partners, our waterfowl biologists in some of the states across the country, and in, in some cases our, our DU biologists, where we ha- have them provide an update either based on aerial survey numbers or their observations of field or the phone calls they're receiving just to, to share with you what, what we're hearing and what we're seeing with respect to with respect to waterfowl migration, waterfowl numbers, habitat conditions. And so on this day, we're recording this on December 20th, and we have a couple of a couple of biologists that we're going to reach out to, and we're going to package this into one episode for you. At least that's the plan. And so we are welcoming in first Frank Nelson, wetland ecologist with the Missouri Department of Conservation. Frank was on a on an episode earlier earlier this year. I believe it was late in November. Uh, Frank, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to get you back here, and, and we're going we're gonna to keep this a little brief. Uh, we, we, in our first visit with you, went into a bit more detail about the nature of your aerial surveys, how frequently, how frequently you conduct those, and how they're conducted, and uh, we're not going to get back into those details. Again, we'll just reference those and have people go back through the archives of the podcast and find those if they want to. So let's just start out and have you tell us uh, that when you conducted the most recent survey and what areas you surveyed, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, this week we had all the areas, the uh, public managed wetland areas, did a ground survey. Um, we had a couple folks do some aerial flights over north central Missouri and then I myself I flew over the uh, public lands in southeast Missouri so um, kind of we had a mix this week in terms of uh, uh, whether it was ground or aerial okay and is that the the full extent of the areas that you would survey at any time during the uh, during the winter period yeah typically we do most of ours are um, focus primarily on the publicly managed wetlands, those intensely managed wetland areas. Okay. And so that's typically what we do. That gives us a good census of what we have uh, in the state overall. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you about bird numbers here in a minute, but first I want to get uh, a feel for the habitat conditions that you're seeing out there on the landscape right now. Sure. Well, and it's, it's definitely changing this week. Um, earlier this week, uh, we were having, we had several inches of ice in northern Missouri uh, as that front came through and brought sleet and snow across and, and shallowly flooded areas locked up with ice. Uh, further south, you know, we had skim ice in areas and with open water pockets. Um, today, temperatures are starting to moderate the last couple of days and getting into the 40s. So more of that habitat starting to, to free up and, and uh, have more open water. But there at the beginning of this week, um, things were starting to get, get kind of icy for sure. And um, we started to see some some of the the birds uh, leaving leaving our areas. The surveys you conduct are primarily over some of these the conservation areas, as you described. But 
as you're flying and as you're doing the, the ground counts and moving from one location to the to the next, I'm sure you, you see a lot of the landscape. You see a lot of private land, a lot of public land. But what has what, what has the recent weather done in terms of putting uh, shallow water, other additional habitat on the landscape throughout uh, the areas that you frequent? Yeah, well, you know, um, river levels uh, in the last month have started to drop, which is the first time in some places like northwest Missouri um, and almost well, 279 days in northwest Missouri was the last time that uh, the Missouri River was below flood stage. So wow. that was back in March, wow. <laughs> which is pretty significant. Um, so some of that floodplain habitat, of course, it, the water is going back into the ground, being sandy soils and whatnot. So there's been a reduction of habitat uh, in northern Missouri. And then you think about the snow and the ice, that's also reduced the amount of habitat that's available. Um, if you're thinking about southeast Missouri, what I saw, you know, we have a lot of rice. Uh, some years between 100 and 200,000 acres uh, in, in southeast Missouri. And so with these icy temperatures, that shallow, those shallow fields uh, freeze over pretty, pretty easily. And so there's a lot of glass out there uh, when I was flying uh, earlier this week. Those areas that where the water is receding, it's crazy to think that just now that water is starting to recede back into, into the, or out of the floodplain. Uh, my guess is those areas that have been flooded for so long were not very productive for uh, for ducks this year. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, there were there were early on there were some places that did have moist soil uh, that would have typically had crop farmers couldn't get out to. Um, but by and large, uh, I'd say that you're right. There was the the duration and repetitive flooding that occurred. Um, there just wasn't a lot of food out there this year, and that's what we, we kind of uh experience was it seemed like birds came through um you know there's lots of well, water so they did stop to check things out but then um once they found there wasn't any food we'd get another front and birds would push on and so uh this year our numbers kind of peaked right there at the first of, of november and kind of hung out at around 500,000 last five weeks and so um it's it's been really a depressed curve uh, yeah, <laughs> depressing perhaps for some waterfowl hunters as well. Um, you know, there's been some good days out there uh, when the weather's kicked things up. Um, and so people have been successful, but it, you had to pick your days. And this this week, we saw most of our numbers uh, start to fall over half of the areas, saw their numbers dip. And uh, there's a few areas that were static. And then there's a couple areas that they had seen a dip in the last couple of weeks, and they actually saw a bump back up by a couple of thousand birds. Um, but uh, by no means their peak. Their peak was a few weeks ago. So, um, yeah, with this this week we started to kind of come off that plateau and started to dip, which you know is what we typically see. Uh, you know, second third week of December, things get pretty frosty up yeah. north, and and uh, we start to see a decline. Yeah, this is the time of year where you're on the backside of that migration curve on on average, uh, I would guess. And exactly, and, and it depends on how how hard our winters are, you know, because sometimes things will really lock up. The birds will jump over to say the Mississippi or the Missouri River, stay where that open water is, so we don't get them on our uh, conservation area accounts. And then if it's a, a fairly short period and things saw back out, those birds will flop back over to our managed lands. Um, and so we, we could still have some birds in the area, um, you know, when it gets really hard, then, yeah, birds just continue to go. And 
Um, we'll have to kind of see what happens next week. It's going to be 50s, 60s almost. Mm -hmm. So things could thaw back out and we could see a little bit of a resurgence. But yeah, we're, we're definitely past the peak, I believe. Let's talk a bit specifically about the numbers that you saw and the, the species breakdown. I'm, I'm this time of year, you're going to be left with most of the, the more of the cold hardy birds, cold hardy species. But but talk about the numbers that you saw and how they compared to um, average average conditions or average sure. years. Yeah, yeah. Well, across the state, um, in northern Missouri, it's 95, 99 percent mallards right now, um, and even in southeast Missouri where I, I flew, it was oh, about 75 percent mallards um we also had quite a few gadwall of course and pintail uh there's a few pintail hanging out still and in green wings and so um that's typically what we're seeing across the state uh is a, a dominance of mallards and that's typically what we have at this point is uh 75 to, to 90 percent depending upon your latitude in the state um and so and then yeah you've got that mix of gadwalls and green wing teal um uh, and then, yeah, there, there's still some pintail hanging out as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a smaller mix of, of other dabbling ducks. And what, what are we talking in terms of numbers? And realizing that we're talking about surveys that are conducted just on a small segment of the overall landscape on which wa that waterfowl can exploit. But what, what are the numbers that you saw there? You know, in Mingo and Duck Creek or Mingo National Wildlife Refuge and, and Duck Creek Conservation Area, they're uh, connected at the hip. So their numbers kind of trade back and forth, but within the Mingo Basin, it's about 40,000 uh, ducks there. 10 Mile Pond had about uh, 60,000 ducks. And Coon um, Island is uh, uh, down by Arkansas on the Black, and they had about 20,000 in their refuge. And, um, and then Otter Slough had about 40,000. So, you know, I was encouraged. Um, there's more, more ducks uh, in Southeast Missouri than uh, I had anticipated. I was um, just this year hasn't been that strong. So um, that's not necessarily the, the highest benchmark that, that those areas have had, but it's definitely better than, um, you know, it, it could be considering the year. So um, other areas across the state, um, you know, it, it varies. Uh, like I said, they, they've been, as you go further north, of course, uh, some of those areas have been losing birds. Others, uh, kind of, it seems like birds swap out a little bit, say the Golden Triangle around Swan Lake, Fountain Grove, and Grand Pass. Um, more birds are kind of consolidating on Swan Lake and um, where Grand Pass doesn't have as many. And so you'll see some of that regional uh, transition uh, between birds, but then there's other locations um, that are just, you know, only a few thousand. So um, it really, it kind of varies. And that's why I kind of like to, depending upon the region, you know, but statewide, you can kind of get these trends in terms of what's going on. I've seen some reports on social media suggesting that there are still a fair number of birds north of you guys, even into Iowa and maybe northern Illinois and uh, maybe even on some of the river systems in South Dakota. And I don't know how much uh, – how, how credible any of those reports are, and I actually don't recall the date on which I saw those when they were posted, but uh, – would that surprise you this time of year, uh, given the cold front that we've had come through, if there'd still be a, you know, appreciable number of mallards still north of you, uh, mainly on the rivers? Yeah, you know, I can't speak to anything like, uh, of what those numbers may be, uh, but I would be kind of surprised just in the fact that how early uh, we had winter weather up north 
and the successive fronts that we have had this this year. I mean, it was the first or second week of November that we started transition to uh, mallards uh, at a high rate, which is it was three three weeks um, earlier than we typically do. Typically, we start to see a, a, that 60% mallards uh, around Thanksgiving, and we were seeing that the first week of, of uh, November. So, you know, I've, I've wanted to hope that there was more birds further north, and, you know, there, there very well may be some really cold-hearted ducks that are hanging out on that open water. Um, and if so, that's that's great. One of the challenges, I think, is the scale. You know, you've got millions of waterfowl, and where are they and how are they distributed? It's really hard to get a feel um uh about how much is left further north of you and so i think that's a challenge for biologists and, and waterfowl hunters alike yeah and i could see a post of, of that someone or, or someone could could go out and count ten thousand mallards in uh in eastern iowa on, on one of the rivers there and that looks like a lot of birds at that at that, that right. single location but when you compare that to the millions of birds that are throughout the rest of the flyway that's just a small percentage and so that, that's where the the scale effect uh, uh really rears <laughs> exactly. its head and understanding exactly. what what is that what do those ten thousand birds mean relative to the distribution of the other birds and it's really hard to get a feel for that but we're going to have aaron yetter on after this that's the other part of this uh, this particular episode we're oh, going to package together and so that'll give us a chance to look over across the east side of the Mississippi River and uh, see what uh, there, uh, what they observed this yeah, week. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting because, uh, uh, you know, uh, or actually after the survey on Monday, uh, we noticed a, a decline of birds on Ted Shanks, which they had been holding uh, quite a few. And so uh, that's one of the questions. Did they go uh, flip on the other side of the river to Del Air National Wildlife Refuge or did they keep moving south? So um, that'll be interesting. You could you can ask him uh on your next interview. What's the name of that refuge across the river that they might have gone to? Del Air. Del Air. Okay. And was there an opening of a hunting season in Missouri that could have influenced that, or were you all open no. throughout that time? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, no, it just, it got really, really cold. And they, that was on Tuesdays when they saw oh, okay. a shift uh, of birds uh, leaving the area. And not, it, it was uh, pretty significant in terms of uh, the number that were in the refuge. Uh, Tuesday compared to what was there on Monday. A couple of final questions here for you, Frank. What about geese? I, do y'all uh, enumerate, enumerate those during your surveys? Yeah, you know, uh, we do pick them up um, on our counts and do include them. However, because of their distribution, uh, not necessarily needing, uh, you know, the shallow water habitat and being able to uh, forage quite a bit more out in the, um, the fields, uh, you know, it, it's not a good good estimate on their abundance. Yeah. Um, we have been getting more uh, Canada geese, and then uh, the snow geese this year. It's really hard to to make sense out of. Uh, definitely, we have picked them up um, the last couple weeks. Uh, Lust Bluffs had quite a few. I think fifty thousand geese last week, but they had very few this week. And then, uh, but then I was. Uh, I saw quite a few, well, there's about 10,000 snows around Otter Slough, and then they were dotted around in, in flocks of uh, several thousand, um, you know, here and there across the rice country in southeast Missouri. So th they are moving through the, the general buildup that we typically see this year. I don't know, we've had, had flight days when they're passing through along with white fronts, but uh, 
not the buildup that we typically see. So, yeah, it, it's one of those that uh, in kind of it's been nagging me in the back of my mind, like what, what's going on with the geese this year. Um, but uh, we do pick them up. But um, yeah, like I said, it's not our our counts. I don't feel is a good estimate just because of the distribution across the landscape. That's the sentiment I get with most every other biologist that I speak with. The uh, their tendency to cluster to a much higher degree than than do ducks makes them much more difficult to uh, to survey uh, in an effective and accurate mm-hmm. manner unless you really put in put forth a lot of uh, a lot of effort and uh, i can't say that i've i've heard snow geese flying overhead flying from west to east here in uh, southwestern tennessee which uh, you know, kind of surprised me a little bit but i'm i'm new here and so i'm sure there'll be a lot of experiences that uh, that that will intrigue me as I hear them. Yeah, no, yeah. Yesterday, yesterday was was interesting. It's not. I, I saw quite a few uh, geese flying around in the air as we were. It's not something you see every time you you do a survey. And uh, there was quite a few. I'd confirm that. I mean, I wasn't as, as far as the goose flies. Not too far from where you were the other day. Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, there was quite a few geese in the uh, in the air and uh, kind of flying in strings. So, um, yeah, that, that's. I'd say there, there may have been a little bit of a movement yesterday um, with, with the, the snow geese. And anyway, what are the dates of the uh, of the waterfowl season there? I should say the duck season. Uh, y'all, y'all have a few weeks remaining, right? Yeah, the North Zone is closing up here here shortly. They're gonna the North Zone will be closed on December 31st. Our Middle Zone we uh, are extending into January 12th. Um, duck hunters wanted to about five years ago wanted to see what hunting was like in January, so they'll get a chance to experience that uh, another year and then the south zone goes all the way to the end of january 31st and so um, we'll be wrapping up our regs and re-looking at that so that'll be something for our hunters to be um you know bringing up their kind of we want to hear from them and their opinions at our workshops as well as our postseason surveys so um that's so those regulations change every five years so we can update and kind of try to fit the the best um, of what people want and, and how to utilize the resource. Oh, very good. Well, I encourage uh, the hunters of your state to uh, partic- participate in those surveys, participate in those workshops, and you know, voice their voice voice their thoughts, their opinions. Uh, let them be heard. That's a good thing. Uh, what about your your goose season? Does it go a little later into the month? Yes, that's correct. Our our geese season goes to uh, February sixth, and uh, that's the for white fronts and Canada geese, as well as our light geese. And then the uh, conservation order on light geese goes from February 7th to April 30th. Well, folks have uh, a few more weeks in the case of duck season and uh, nearly a couple of additional months in the and actually several months when it comes to the light goose uh, hunting uh, to get out there and enjoy the resource. So we certainly encourage you to do that. And I know, Frank, y'all have a, a few more surveys or at least one more survey to conduct. You'll be participating in the midwinter survey, right? Yep. So there'll be, there's time, time left in the season for folks to get out definitely in January. So hopefully uh, folks can take advantage of, of the conditions and, and get out there and have, enjoy a few days in the field. Well, we're going to leave it there, Frank. We appreciate very much you joining joining us today and sharing this information. And thanks for being a friend of the show. And personally, wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll catch you in 2020. Sounds good. Thanks. I appreciate it.
The Ducks Unlimited Expo, May 15th, 16th, and 17th, 2020 at the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas. Interactive villages, shooting, archery, dogs, fishing, kayak, canoe, 4x4 off-road tracks, ATV, UTV track, industry experts, demonstrations, exhibitors, and more. The Ducks Unlimited Expo, everything outdoors. The ultimate playground for the outdoor enthusiast. The Ducks Unlimited Expo. Visit www.duckexpo.com. Now we're going to move into part two of this special migration update episode. We're bringing in uh, an Aaron Yetter, waterfowl ecologist with the Forbes Biological Station, uh, Illinois Natural History Survey. Aaron joined us a few weeks back, also maybe about a month ago, to to introduce us to the surveys that they conduct uh, in in the western and southern portion of, of Illinois. And so we're not going to, as we did with Frank, we're, we're not going to rehash the details of those surveys. We'll reference uh, our listener, refer our listeners back to those original podcast episodes with, uh, with Aaron, and you can get that information there. We're going to just get a brief update on what Aaron saw in the most recent survey. So Aaron, thanks for joining us and welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for and thank you for having us. Absolutely, I I don't know that I've seen a post yet on the results from your most recent survey. So this is, I believe, this is hot off the press. So why don't we start by you telling us uh, uh, when these surveys were conducted and remind us of the areas over which they were conducted? Okay. Um, so you just missed it while you were talking to Frank. I just posted my blog for the week, okay. so the numbers just went out. So our survey is the, um, we consider ourselves one of the longest uh, running waterfowl surveys in, in North America. Uh, Belrose started them in 1948 and they've been flown every year since then. All but 2001, we couldn't get a pilot. So this is, we're finishing up our 71st year of the surveys. And we fly the, the Illinois River from the Big Bend and the river at Hennepin all the way down to the confluence at Grafton with the Mississippi River. And then from the Mississippi at Grafton all the way up to Port Louisa, which is a part of the Upper Mish National Wildlife Refuge, uh, just below the Quad Cities. Okay. And you flew these surveys earlier this week. Do I have that right? Yeah, I flew it on the 18th on Wednesday. The, the surveys are restricted to public land. Is that right? State and federal? You don't you don't bring any private land into the survey. Do I re- remember that correctly? Um, no, no, that we do have some private refuges. Um, with a, most of it is state and federal refuges, but uh, the Emquan Preserve is owned by the Nature Conservancy and the Fish and Wildlife Service together. And then there's several private duck clubs. Um, Grand Island on the Illinois River is a is a one of the refuges we or a couple of the refuges we count. And Darden and Quiver are big hunting clubs. Um, on the Mississippi River that we we count as well. Okay, that's the simultaneous beauty and challenge of doing these surveys with so many different state waterfowl biologists is that eventually I'll get all this figured out, but right now uh, <laughs> I'm going to get a few things wrong here and there, so thanks for clarifying that. Uh, We'll start out with you the same way we did with Frank. Give us some general impressions and observations of what you saw in this most recent survey with respect to habitat conditions. Uh, ice, ice, and more ice. <laughs> um, 
where every everything is uh, pretty much frozen up um, greater than 90% on most of the areas. Even Pool 19 of the Mississippi River had greater than 90% wow. ice. So um, even, yeah, it was, uh, it was, the birds are all, the ones that are left are all tightly packed into some, some holes that they're keeping open um, just due to their numbers. Okay. Well, uh, let's jump uh, right in to the numbers in that case. I'm pretty sure that you're going to tell me that most of what you saw were mallards, but uh, but give me the details. Yeah, we're the Illinois River is uh, mallards. We're down fifty per. We're down fifty percent from the ten year average and twenty twenty two percent from last week. Um, there's a couple of uh, straggler. Camas backs and golden eyes and common mergansers and those types of things, but um, we're basically basically mallards on the Illinois. The Mississippi River uh, mallards were down 21% from last week and 5% below average. Uh, about 216,000 of those on the Mississippi, and total ducks on the Mississippi were about 238,000, which is down 30% from last week and almost 40% from average. If weather conditions, temperature specifically, kind of stayed the way they are right now, I'm, I'm actually not sure what your high and low temperatures are, but I know what ours in Memphis in this latitude are going to be. But given this forecast that we're seeing for the next couple of weeks, do you expect numbers to, to sort of stay the same where you are, or do you expect them to slowly decline? Well, we're in a, we're coming out of a a cold snap uh it's been lows of 18 to 19 in central illinois here for the last four or five days and uh highs were most recently in the um right around 30 so we've been below freezing for four or five days but um today we're up into almost 40 i believe so it's starting to thaw out and we're supposed to um we're supposed to be above normal temperatures till they forecast is through the end of the year so uh, we might thaw out um, but I doubt that the number that there will be any birds at least on the Illinois River I doubt there's any new birds to come and uh, the Mississippi River there may be some bounce back but um, there's pretty low numbers as I'm sure Frank told you even down um, in the southern tip of Missouri so um, I don't think there's a whole lot of bounce back to make their way back up here. Yeah, but you would probably expect to see some of those birds that you have right now kind of stick around unless they're unless they're pushed farther south due to another a significant cold snap, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to – I think we'll start thawing out now. It'll, it'll take several days because I'm sure that ice is two or three inches thick by now. And uh, even with temperatures approaching 50, I think we're still going to – be frozen for a few more days and and i don't think there's any more birds to come i I think we're stuck with the birds that we got frank did want me to ask you about one particular location i think he referred to it as del air refuge and i think they have a conservation area or one of their one of the areas that they survey is just on the other side of the river from that refuge and he described a decrease pretty significant decrease in the number of birds on their side of the river and he was kind of wondering if those birds might have hopped over to the east side do you have those numbers do you know if that's if that's where the birds went right around uh, louisiana missouri clarksville area um there's there's four pretty big refuges or four or five there's uh ted shanks uh state conservation area in missouri and then there's clarence cannon national wildlife refuge 
in Missouri. There's Towhead Lake, which is a private club um, right outside Delaire and then Delaire itself. And most everything was frozen this week, except uh, Delaire was holding about 70,000 oh, okay. birds, 68,000. Okay. Um, so a lot of the birds from Shanks must have um, hopped over to the river uh, at Delaire and a bunch of the birds at uh, Clarence Cannon probably came up as well because those areas were 99% ice. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, is consistent with, with what he was suspecting may have happened. I also know that uh, Larry Reynolds in Louisiana released the results from their December survey. I think in certain parts of that state, they were unable to fully complete the survey due to some oh, variety of factors. But if I remember correctly, they had... Well, they definitely had an increase in their duck numbers from their most recent November survey, and I think their numbers were just about on par with a, the ten-year most recent ten-year average. So they saw a pretty significant bump in in ducks uh, down at that latitude, and so yeah, we're starting to get somewhat of a picture of, of where these birds are and and uh, and what they're doing. And now we just need the the weather. The southern hunters need the weather to cooperate to get the birds moving around. The, uh, what we don't need, if you're a hunter, is a stagnating weather pattern. And um, so, yeah, let's just hope hope we get something other than that. And speaking of hunting seasons, I think uh, I think your season up there, maybe in the northern part of the state, has got to be coming to a close. Uh, what uh, what about the other? portions of your state where do you sit with respect to your your waterfowl season your duck seasons right now sure so because illinois is such a long uh, north to south state we have four zones and the, the north zone closed on december 17th um, the central zone where i'm at in havana is uh, it closes on christmas eve so december 24th um, the south central zone closes on january 7th and the south zone the furthest one goes all the way to the 26th of January. Okay. So the hunters in your state, certainly the more southern part of the state, still have a few weeks left to uh, to get out and chase some ducks. And then your goose season is going to go uh, a little farther into uh, January. And does it go into February at all? Uh, um, no, it closes. The north zone will close for geese on um, January 16th. However, the central, south, and south central zones go all the way to the end of the framework at January 31st. Still some opportunities out there, and uh, we'll encourage folks to um, to find some time to get in the blind and enjoy the resource and enjoy the, the fruits of our collective labor. And uh, anything else that we need to wrap up with here, Aaron? It's been a it's been a crazy year. Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the hunters and in the big clubs this even have reported a um, pretty dismal harvest, I guess. Um, there's been days that are good, and and even so um, now, some of the days you can go out and shoot some birds, and other days it's just a bluebirder with, uh, with, with nothing. So um, I, I would bet uh, we'll find that this season was a, below average harvest uh, for the state of Illinois. Frank was sharing with us uh, a similar thought, and and he attributed uh, some of their, I mean, he described basically the same thing you did, that there were some days where people were very successful, but it seems as though those days might have been fewer and farther between, and he attributed that to potentially the, the strong cold front that came through very early, and that seems to have um, 
maybe caused a fair number of birds to skip right on through their state. The other thing that he mentioned relative to what he saw in Missouri is that there were so many areas, so much of the landscape had stayed flooded throughout the summer and was not allowed to really produce any uh, any valuable waterfowl food. So although some ducks might have settled around for a little while, they quickly figured out that there's not much food resource there. So uh, they he described a much flatter migration curve this year than what they typically see. So it might have been some of the same that, that y'all were seeing. Yeah, we found the same thing that we actually, the, the Illinois River went out um, in the first week of August and it, it stayed down pretty much until uh, the f- first first or week or so of October and then we got a big bump in water um, again and then uh, so we actually got some food on the Illinois the Mississippi and at least where I survey I think they had some pretty good food uh, in areas that weren't protected Uh, but then we got uh, that October flood uh, that just really took away um, a bunch of a bunch of the food that was here and uh, the water was flooded or the food was flooded too deep on many areas for the for the dabbling ducks to utilize and then the the veterans day storm that rolled in um we had five degree temperatures that night or the next night i can't remember but right around there we froze pretty hard and that sent all of our ducks yeah south. that'll push some uh that'll push the majority of those uh, less cold hardy species right on out of your state more times than not the other the last the last thing to note was that i never did see the uh, big numbers of camas backs on pool 19 this year that um I don't know where they're at, if they're in uh, Catahoula Lake or Louisiana, but uh, they definitely didn't stop over here for very long. And I I didn't ever have a count of very big numbers on them. I don't think they would all be on Catahoula, but I know Larry has told us that uh, they saw good numbers of canvasbacks on Catahoula Lake. And, and uh, I actually don't recall the numbers that of canvasbacks specifically that he recorded during this most recent survey, but I, I know he described uh, good habitat conditions or water levels at at, at, uh, at their management target for Catahoula Lake still. So I think uh, that I think that area is, is doing pretty good for ducks. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know on the canvasback story. Uh, maybe maybe we'll figure that one out once we get to the midwinter survey. Maybe that'll there will be a, a hot spot come out among some of the states that participate in that in that survey. Uh, certainly will be interesting. And and so you guys, speaking of that, y'all y'all participate in the midwinter. And uh, do you have any additional survey between now and then? And then do you have one after that? No, the midwinter is my last. So we start our flights the first week of September, and uh, run. There's a cup the first week or two of October we take off, but. I fly 17 weeks consecutive in the in the wow. fall, from September to the midwinter inventory in the first full week of January, and then our surveys resume in the spring from around Valentine's Day or whenever we thaw out, and for eight weeks until the middle oh, of April. Okay, well we might have have you on in the spring to talk about those surveys. I I think I forgot that you conducted those, but that would be something of interest, and I, I think I'll. I'll probably I can probably say that 
unless we see a major change in the weather pattern and given what you've described to me with respect to the amount of ice that y'all are seeing and the low number of birds there's probably not going to be a big change in what you see between now and the midwinter so this might be the last time that we have you on the show this year uh, aaron to talk about bird numbers yeah, I don't, I don't anticipate much to change from here. So We do appreciate you coming on the on the podcast with us and sharing this information. I do think this is something that we'll, we'll continue to do in subsequent years. And, and thank you for sharing your time and thank you for sharing this information. I know it's, it's of interest to our listeners, and uh, we hope that, that they're picking up some good pieces of, uh, of insight from it. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks, Mike, and thanks for having us on the air. Absolutely, and on a personal note, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Aaron. Merry, thanks again. Merry Christmas to all of you. Bye-bye. We extend a special thanks to our guests on this show, Frank Nelson with the Missouri Department of Conservation and Aaron Yetter with the Illinois Natural History Survey. As always, we thank our producer, Clay Baird, for doing the great work that he does to get these podcasts out to you, our listeners. And to you, our listeners, we thank you for joining this podcast and listening to us. We, we know you have a choice in how you spend your time, and we thank you for spending it with us. Uh, we do want to end this year or in this podcast by wishing you a Merry Christmas, wishing you a Happy New Year, and we look forward to spending uh, many hours with you in the new year as well. And so thank you for your commitment to wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Ducks.